of 1975, people flocked to theaters to see the movie Jaws. But the movie had an adverse impact on beach attendance. Uh, With anecdotal reports that people were staying away from the water. The film, it was so effective by putting fear for sharks in the minds of moviegoers that sharks, especially great white sharks, were demonized. And over 40 years later, they remained feared and misunderstood based on the misconceptions presented in Jaws. Today, we begin a four-week series called Fear Not. Now, if you look throughout Scripture, you will find that the Bible talks a lot about fear. In fact, the command, fear not, it appears in one form or another 365 times from Genesis to Revelation. And it is specifically given to dozens of different individuals and or groups in a variety of circumstances. It is abundantly clear that God doesn't want his people to fear in the face of adversity or decision. To put it another way, we've been given a different fear not exhortation for every single day of the year. Don't you think that God may have planned it that way? (laughs) And with the creator of the universe giving us a daily prescription, why do we so often respond in fear? So what can we do about this and is there a better way? You know, one of the most well-known verses on fear is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul begins this letter to the young pastor. Timothy was a pastor. He'd only been pastoring for a short time. And so here Paul was. He's already wrote him one letter. And he begins this second letter uh, with this uh, encouragement. Um, And at the time of writing, Paul was in prison once again. And I think Paul could sense that his time on earth was coming to an end. But our text begins with verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. And it says this. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears I long to see you so that I may be filled with with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The focus today here is verse 7, and I want to read that verse again, this time in a different translation, because it uses the word, which means the same thing, but it's the word that we're using here in this series. And and I'm using the New King James, which says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now notice this translation, it uses the word fear here. Instead of timid, they have the exact same meaning. The, the word fear is dalia in the Greek, meaning cowardice. And this type of fear does not come from God. So if fear doesn't come from God, then where does it come from? It's a good question, right? 
You know, and I thought, and some people say, well, well what about the beginning? It said, the Bible says the beginning of wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. So what does that mean? What's the difference? There is a difference in fear. There's two different types of fear, and we're going to look at those two types today. There's a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear, and it's important for us to understand the difference. There is, there, uh, when you understand the difference, I believe that it can save your life, and it will also help you interpret God's daily encouragement to fear not. So let's begin by looking at the two different types of fear. The first one is healthy fear. Now, I believe that you should have some sort of healthy fear of critters. I hate snakes, y'all. I don't like them. I don't want them. One day, I got to tell them me. Okay, so one day I'm mowing my yard. This is back when I lived in Van Buren. And I was mowing my yard. And I went like this. I was push mowing it. And I went like this. And all of a sudden I saw this thing. And I just dropped the lawnmower and I ran to the house and said, I'm done. I wasn't finished, but I was finished at that moment. I was hoping that it wouldn't be there the next time I went out. I don't like snakes. I hate snakes. I don't even like rubber snakes. Uh, and so uh, there, it's okay to have a healthy fear of critters that might bite you and might kill you. You know, It's okay to have, I believe that God placed them here for a reason. I believe he puts them uh, different critters on earth for different reasons, different things. Some people hate bugs. Some people are scared to go in the water because of sharks. You know, whatever the reason is, it's okay to have a healthy kind of fear. Imagine with me for just one moment and think about, think about it this way. If you are in the woods and you come across a bear and her cubs, do you think that the best course of action is to share with this mama and her cubs a few go-to Bible verses and keep walking? Or should you slowly uh, back away and walk the other direction? You know, there, there is some common sense to this, right? I mean, there is some common sense. You know that if you interrupt that mama bear, she's not going to be too happy, and you might be the prey that's coming to get her babies, and guess what she's going to do? She is going to defend her home. Healthy fear can heighten and it can sharpen our senses. Some people call it common sense. Others call it fear. But there is a truth that when we approach a certain situation that we need to listen to our senses and remove ourselves from that situation. I have a healthy fear of the IRS. Anybody else there with me? I know that if I don't do my taxes right, what are they going to do? They're going to come knocking on the door, are they not? Right? That's why I pay the man or the woman in my case, and I have a knowledge that it is done right. That is a healthy fear. And it's also important to note that as followers of Christ, a healthy fear of the Lord is not only beneficial, but it is biblical. Look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. David says in Psalms 5, 7, he says, But I, by your great love, can come into your house in reverence I bow, I bow down toward your holy temple. In reverence. He, a holy fear of God is a reverent fear. We, we don't, we're not afraid of God, 
but we respect God. We have a reverence towards him that we come and we worship him and we give him his due. Proverbs chapter 9 Verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So David had a healthy fear of the Lord throughout his life and Solomon knew the fear of the Lord was the beginning of both knowledge and wisdom. Divine reverence brings godly understanding. Godly fear and reverence is about acknowledging the proper place of the Lord as the divine creator and sustainer of the entire cosmos. And as we move now to discuss unhealthy fear, make a note that its proper place is in the hands of this same almighty God who has given us strength through his son Jesus to be free from the grip of unrighteous fear. Amen? It's okay to fear the Lord because we're reverent towards the Lord. But then there's also an unholy fear. Let's look at that for a moment. If you let it, unhealthy fear can paralyze and stagnate you. This is not God's heart for you. Understand that. This is not God's heart for you. Remember what Paul said in our text, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So hear me when I say this. God wants you to grow. Amen? Not only in your relationship with him, but he also wants you to grow with your church, in your relationships with other believers, and ultimately in faith. God wants you to grow. He doesn't want you to be the same that you were yesterday, but as you walk in this, in this journey that you're on as a believer, he wants you to increase and constantly grow. At some point, you've got to stop drinking milk and you've got to start eating the meat. Amen? you got to stop drinking the milk, and at some point you've got to start eating the meat of what God has for you as you feed yourself, as you open God's Word, and you start ingesting the Word of God into your life, and as you have that prayer life, and you're praying, and you're talking to the Lord, and you're speaking to the Lord, guess what's happening? Your life is growing, and you're becoming who God wants you to be. So there are things that won't make us afraid anymore. I, as a believer, am not afraid to die. I'm not. Do I recklessly go out and attempt fate and just say, well, God, I'm going to... No, I don't. I don't, I, don't do, I don't do things that might risk my life. There are some things that I have no desire to do because it's way up there. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I, my height level is only so high. After a while, then, I, had, I don't know if y'all remember when I did a, a message in here talking about climbing ladder, and I had a ladder here on stage. When you get on a ladder on this stage, and then it's down there, you start looking down, and you start realizing, man, it's high up here. You know, used to, I had a more, I had a more uh, uh, fear of heights used to when I was... Um, at my old house, and I learned real quickly 
because how many knows that sometimes you just can't afford to have somebody come out and look at something. you got to do it yourself. You know what I mean? And so you learn to start learning how to climb on top of your roof, and you learn how to do the things the right way, and you start figuring it out so that you can take care of it yourself. And you learn to get over those certain fears pretty quickly. There are still some things that I don't necessarily like to do, but there's some things that doesn't bother me anymore. I've grown And I believe that's the same way in our walk with God. I believe that if you're afraid to die, at some point as you learn and understand what God has done in you, you realize, I love what Paul says, to live for Christ, to die is gain. In other words, if I leave this life, I know that I'm going to depart from here and go right into the arms of Jesus. Amen? And so I'm not afraid to die. However... I don't do things to try to tempt death, uh, and so I want to live my life, and I want to continue to grow in that relationship just as God wants me to grow. You know, this, this journey that we are on, this, this life journey, this Christian journey, it's often called the process of sanctification, and it's described frequently throughout the, the New Testament. Look at what Paul wrote in his first letter to the church at Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Everybody say sanctified. Don't that, don't that just sound spiritual coming off? You're sanctified. You know, you can say it with a, a, a Pentecostal growl, too, if you want to. I'm sanctified, you know. You know, I love that word. But anyway, it's moving on, right? That you should avoid sexual immorality. And then if you look at what James wrote in his letter to the church in Jerusalem, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God wants you us to persevere, to finish the race so that we will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This process can be a costly one, and there are many potential problems and obstacles that could incite fear. Early church members, they faced all kinds of ridicule and, and persecution with Uh, which would uh, occasionally lead to death. Today, I can't say that we fear death in this country, but the potential is there to experience ridicule, bullying, and even being places as an outcast to society because of your faith in Christ. And don't forget that the Ephesians reminds us that our battles are not against flesh and blood. Amen? Amen. They're against principalities and powers of the dark world. There is an evil force that is against us because we are Christians. And it's in the face of both earthly and eternal enemies that the Lord will remind us to fear not. In the last series that we just did, we talked about the Beatitudes. And one of the verses was Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, that said, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. 
Fear can rob you of your joy and it can paralyze you from moving forward into all that God has called you to do. Instead of a spirit of fear, you have been given a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Now, I want to take a moment, I want to look at these three words and see how they can help to strengthen your faith. Everybody with me? Say amen. Amen. first one I want to look at is power. Everybody say power. Can anybody flex their muscles? Let's say power, right? The Greek word for power here is the same for the word power in Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. The Greek word here is dynamis or dunamis, however you want to say it, which is where we get the word dynamite. Anybody ever seen dynamite? You know, when you were kids, anybody ever have those little M80s? Can I get any witnesses? Anybody going to witness to what they've done with those M80s? They don't make them. They, they, if they do, they don't let you buy them anymore. They were like a little stick of dynamite. You know, and you can put those, I've heard stories of people placing them in mailboxes and blowing mailboxes up, you know. I mean, this was, it was literally, and they sold them in fireworks tents, but you would light that thing and it would make a big boom, big explosion. If you've ever seen, anybody ever uh, taken uh, anything and thrown it in a pond or something? You know, I'm not trying to tell you how to go fishing illegally, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you take something and you ever thrown it in uh, water or anything, and you can see, go, you know, or if you've ever any kind of explosion like that, that's, that's a dynamite type explosion, you know, you could think about it. It makes a big and sudden boom, does it not? But this kind of power, and I want you to understand this, and I, and I said that, I gave you that illustration, because I want you to understand the kind of power that you've been given. Do you hear me? We are not supposed to be just passive and just sit around and say, what did he say? He said, You've not, God does not give you the spirit of fear, but a spirit of the first thing he gives you is a spirit of power. And I want you to think about this power. It's not just something, you know, that's small and, and not very just powerful. This is, I'm talking power, very much powerful It's the kind of power that leaves no room for fear or doubt. Amen? When a believer has the Holy Spirit working in and through them, there is nothing that cannot be accomplished in accordance to the will of God. Amen? Plus, here's something else for you to think about. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Think about it. If you are experiencing unhealthy fear that is hindering you from experiencing the life in Christ that you are destined to live, then you need to check yourself and remember that you were given a spirit of power, miracle-working, death-defying, grave-robbing power in Christ to do all things in accordance to the Word of God. Amen? 
You have been given power. Don't walk in fear, but walk in power and live the life that God wants you to live. Amen? Hallelujah. Power, love. Now, many of you know this word in the Greek. It's agape. And it's also the same word that is used in 1 John 4.18. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You see, when we walk in a spirit of love as Christ did, unhealthy fear is driven far away from us. Amen? Jesus walked to the cross in a spirit of love, and we can assume that he walked out of the grave in the same empowered spirit. And this is the same spirit that is alive in you. Amen? So remember the next time you're experiencing some sort of fear and any of its associates like anxiety, worry, or doubt, then check yourself to make sure you're walking in a spirit of love. Fear does not exist, amen, in your life as a believer. You can look fear in the eye and you can say, fear be gone in Jesus' name, amen. You do not have to walk in fear, but you can walk in power and in love. And then the last one is a sound mind or self-discipline. Does anyone else here struggle with self-discipline? Hey, I'm right there with you guys. It's tough sometimes, is it not? It's tough to discipline ourselves, to make us do the things that we're supposed to do. And it takes a lot of discipline to recognize fear and deal with it appropriately. It's simply easier to let it go, shrug it off, and just call it a fact of life. The issue is, it's not a fact of the life that God has for you in Christ. Amen? Paul makes it a point to list this with the other two in our text. Discipline is an imperative ingredient in the process of sanctification. People struggle with reading their Bibles. People struggle with prayer. Why? It's because it's, there's no discipline. They don't discipline themselves. We struggle, people struggle with coming to church, making it a priority. People struggle with the things of God. Why? Because they don't put it into their discipline, into their life, so that they're doing it on a regular basis. They say it takes 21 days to make something a habit. And many times, yet, we have a hard time getting to day 21 of doing whatever we're doing. Do we not? You know, we, we try to create that habit. We say, what do we do at the beginning of, you know, the new year? We make what? New Year's resolutions, right? We make these New Year's resolutions. Man, I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to uh, read my Bible more. Or I'm going to go to church more. Or I'm going to give more or I'm going to, you know, give to more charities or I'm going to whatever it is that you decide. You're, I'm going to go to the gym more, whatever it is. And we spend all this money on these things because we want to do these things. And we start out good, 
But we get to about day 10 and we just give up. Right? Well, that was a good try this year. Next year I'll try again. And next thing we know, life is over. And we never did or fulfilled any of the things that we wanted to do. Why? Because we didn't have self-discipline. We need discipline to take the time necessary to accurately diagnose the fear we're experiencing and even more discipline to deal with it. Amen? God knows exactly what we need. He knew we needed all three ingredients on this side of heaven. And for all of us who struggle with self-discipline, don't forget that this is an area where you have been given power through the Spirit to experience victory. Amen? So after we've looked at unhealthy fear, I believe that you would agree with me that it's very destructive in our lives. Amen? And as a matter of fact, it's so destructive that Paul points out to Timothy that we need power, love, and self-discipline to overcome it. We desperately need the discipline to check ourselves throughout the day. We need discipline to form new habits in identifying healthy fear from unhealthy fear. We need abundant power and love in our responses. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We need to put that into our hearts, into our thought process, into our life, and understand that God does not want you to be afraid. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you. He loves us, he cares for us, he wants the best for us, and is that we understand that we need to replace that fear with power, love, and a sound and a, and a, and a self-discipline, and we need to walk in those things and leave fear behind. This morning I want to ask everyone, can you stand with me, please? Maybe you're dealing with fears in your life that are unhealthy. I don't know what all your fears are. I mean, we could probably go around the room and you could name some fears. Some of you might say, well, I'm afraid of spiders. Some of you might say, I'm afraid of bugs. When, when Brindley was little, I guess still now, she, don't care for them, she still don't care for them, but man, she hated bugs. We, we were going to start planning some camping trips as family when, when she was younger. I'm talking about three, four years old. And, uh, you know, because that's a pretty inexpensive vacation. You can go and have a good time. The kids loved outdoors. And she was so terrified of bugs that we said, we can't do this. So just slowly we would introduce the outdoors to her and eventually got to where she was not as afraid of bugs anymore. She still likes to squish them. Because that's what, you know, Maley, 
Bugs, she lets them crawl over her. She takes them outside. Oh, you know, we can't kill any bugs in the house because Maley wants to pick them up, carry them outside, and, and they go, need to go back out here. Let's, let's take them out. And it's like, just squish it and get it over with, you know. There's a million of them, you know. So we have fears, and we could go around the room, and I could ask you, what are your fears? What are some of your fears? And some of you would tell me your fears, and, and some of your fears are unhealthy. You know, you remember the few weeks ago, several weeks ago, I played the video. The lady was, uh, uh, she was afraid of being buried alive in a box. It was a, it was a funny video. And, uh, you know, uh, now I know how ridiculous or crazy that might sound, but some of us, we are so gripped with different kinds of fears that we allow those fears to consume our life. And if you're struggling with any fear, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you. Whatever fear may be keeping you from going forward, I want to pray for you. Maybe your fear is coming up here for prayer. I want you to ask the person next to you to come up here with you. But I believe that God doesn't want you to live in an unhealthy fear anymore. God wants to set you free today. Set you free. Does that mean that you're, if you have these fears, does that mean that you're not a believer? No. Does it mean that you're not saved? It means that there are things in your life that you're struggling with and we want to pray and believe that God can deliver you from that so that you can have a life that God wants you to live. A life that's more abundant. God has so many blessings for you. But we have to take that step and come forward and say, I want set free from fear. So here's what I want you to do. God has given you a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Or as other translations put it, a sound mind. And I want you to walk out of here today with a sound mind. Amen? God wants to remove that fear from your life, but you have to take the first step and you have to let him. You have to do it now. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And then when I say amen, I want you to come and let me pray. I want you to come and just stand around the front here. And and me and some others are going to come. We're going to lay hands on you. And we're going to agree with you and believe that God is going to set you free from any fears that you may have in your life. Let's pray. God, I come before you right now. God, there are individuals here that are struggling. Struggling with different things in their life. Maybe their minds are cloudy. Maybe their response is it's not right. They love you and they want the best. They, want, they know that you want the best for them. And they want to surrender their life over to you. So God, if there's anyone here this morning that has a fear, an unhealthy fear, that they need set free from God, I pray that they take that step of faith and they come and they begin to worship you and begin to let that faith be able to rise up in their soul so that they can be who you have called them to be and they can walk out of here with a sound mind this morning. Spirit of fear, you must leave. A spirit of worry, you must leave. A spirit of anxiety, you must leave. You have no place in this house. A spirit of depression, you must leave and be gone in Jesus' name. We're going to walk out of here in freedom this morning. Walk out of here in freedom.
that God is going to cleanse us and touch us from our heads to our feet in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you and you say, I need God to come and cleanse me this morning, I want you to come and we're going to pray for you and we're going to believe for you, believe that God is going to make you clean and whole. Just come right now. Just come right now. Fear does not belong. Fear does not need to be in your life, but it needs to go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray. There's some coming. Just keep coming. God wants to cleanse you this morning. God wants to touch you this morning. He wants to do a work in your heart and in your life this morning. Fear must leave in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we praise you, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can I have some of our leaders to come and help me pray? Come and help me pray and believe that God, we're believing Fear is not, you are not welcome anymore. Fear, you're going to leave in Jesus' name. Fear is going to be gone in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those of you that are still in your seats, if you could just stretch forth your hand and just believe, just agree with me and believe that God is going to touch these lives. Hallelujah.
here's something I want you to do. And I, there's, a, there's a song out by, and y'all probably heard it by um, Francesca Battistelli. I think that's how you say it. And it's called, uh, I think it's called the uh, breakup song. And she's breaking up with fear. And so those of you that were up here this morning, I, I, I want you to listen to that song. And I want you to, I know this, I know that it's, it's a, uh, it's just a, it's, a, it's not a necessarily a praise and worship song, but it's, it's a song and it's saying that fear you have no authority in my life. And I want that to be your prayer this week as you walk. I want you to listen to that song. If you have to, here's what I do sometimes when I'm in that, you know how you get in, you'll get in a, a mode or a, a thing where you're like, I've got, I just need this in my life. It might be a scripture, it might be a song, it might be whatever but you just play it over and over and over again, or you read it over and over and over again, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that song, and I want you to make that your song this week. Make it your song. Sing that over and over. Fear, you're not welcome here. You have no authority in my life. And I want you to read this verse. I want you to memorize this verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. You can read other versions. It'll say, you know, a power of love, uh, uh, a power, love, and, and sound mind. Whichever version you want to read, I, it doesn't matter. They all mean the same. <laughs> read whatever works for you. But put that in your heart. Put that in your life and understand and realize that God has great things for you. But in order for him to use you and to do the things, you can't allow fear to rule in your life. Because God wants to do some, some things far greater than you ever imagined. Amen? Amen? Amen. So we've got three more weeks of this, of this series, Fear Not. I'm looking forward to it. I'm telling you, we're going we're to kick fear in the teeth by the time this is over with. Amen? We've already started by kicking fear in the teeth. Amen? And so it's going to continue for the next several weeks. And so... Um, Lots of good things are happening. I want to do something. Uh, I want to make sure. Do, do I have the uh, uh, Wells video? I know y'all, some of y'all have seen this. Some of you may not. But we're raising money for Speed of Light. Water is life. Having clean drinking water is something that most of us in the United States take for granted. At the turn of a faucet, you can rinse your dishes, take a shower, and make a refreshing glass of iced tea. But imagine life without clean water, where you have to travel hours on foot in the hot sun just to find a muddy trench filled with stagnant rainwater. Insects have laid their eggs in it. Your livestock drink from it. It is diseased with animal feces and urine but it's the best you got to bring home to your children and family. Water determines quality of life. Water is essential. Water is life. And water is the vehicle which the gospel is being spread in Africa. Over the next few years, Speed the Light has made the commitment to spread the gospel through unconventional means. We are bringing physical water along with the living water of Jesus Christ to completely transform these desperate villages in Africa. Your Speed the Light money will make it possible for World Serve to strategically dig wells just like this one next to churches. 
These churches then become powerful oasis centers in which water provides sanitation, restores dignity, and changes lives for all eternity. Will you help? Speed the Light is calling you along with thousands of students across America to end the water crisis in Africa once and for all, bringing the gospel to the most remote places so that every person may find life in Jesus Christ. We take advantage of these, don't we? We offer free water every Sunday morning. It's free for you. We never ask you to take it. We never, I mean, to, to pay for it. Uh, it's free to take. You know, they're always out there. You come on Wednesday nights, if you want water, we'll give you a bottle of water. We always try to have water available. In Africa, they don't even have clean water, any kind of clean water. And so what we are doing is over the last month is, uh, and then this starting in and this month as well, we are collecting any money that you would like to give towards these water wells through from now to the till August I mean October 31st uh, we are collecting money for speed the light speed the light uh, is is another avenue that our youth give towards missions to help spread the gospel around the world and uh, you know it's, it's part of what what God told what Jesus told us you know you receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be my what witnesses right and one of the things is to the ends of the earth. And this is one way that we as believers can help spread the gospel to the ends of the earth is uh, by giving money to Speed the Light. So if you would like to give to Speed the Light, you can either mark STL, you can give online. There's a category for Speed the Light. There's, you know, you can put it in an envelope. You can give it to me and say, well, don't give it to me because I'll lose it. Put it in an envelope, mark STL on it, drop it in the offering bag at the end. And, uh, but we're, so far we have last, uh, so far we have raised over $900 towards this project. For the year, uh, we had a little over $200 that had come in prior to we started pushing this. So our goal is to get to $2,000, and if you can help us get there, we would appreciate it. Um, we also take 10% of your tithe that comes in, we take 10%, and that goes to missions. Uh, so another way is you can give... If you want to give just more tithe, that, that'll help as well. So however you want to uh, do it, uh, if you want to market specifically uh, for Speed of Light, we can do that as well. But it will help us uh, to help build water wells over in Africa. And so we appreciate anything that you can do. Uh, I just got a few announcements that I want to give before we go today. And uh, then I also want to give you something before you leave. 